Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of La Liga Lowdown's club podcast series where we go through the story of every La Liga club. I'm your host, Hugh Tier, and in this episode we're going to be telling the story of Sociedad Deportiva Huesca, or SD Huesca. This is a club from the city of the same name which has a population of just 52,000 people, yet they have a first division football team. The city of Huesca is based in the region of Aragon, a region in the northeast of Spain, just a little more central than Catalonia. They have their own language there, they have beautiful scenery, they have great food, they're friendly people, and they have a first division football team. Not at the moment in the Aragon capital of Zaragoza, but in the neighbouring city of Huesca. It should be said that Este Huesca's top flight status is a very new thing. Let's have a listen in then to their main moments of joy. We heard there the sounds of Huesca's two promotions into Spain's top division, the first in 2018 and then the other in 2020 as they completed a bounce-back promotion. Now, Este Huesca was founded in 1960, but football in Huesca goes back long before then. It's an area of Spain where the people are very active, very sporty, and they've enjoyed football since the start of the 20th century. To find out how Este Huesca came about and to find out about all the previous incarnations that came before, we've got Paco Pollock coming up. After a quick listen into the Huesca club hymn, here's Paco.
Sociedad Deportiva Huesca's road to the top table of Spanish football has been long and winding. The city of Huesca is 2,000 years old, and it's always been the pioneer of football in Aragón, the name of the region where the city is based. A society by the name of Football Ocense was created in 1903, while the Huesca Sport Club Society came into existence in 1902 before quickly disappearing and then returning in 1910. They began to organize formal football matches and eventually formed the Huesca Sport Club, the first football club in the city, swiftly changing their name to Huesca Football Club to reflect this. They were soon joined by the likes of Atletico Oscar and the team whose name was simply the word Stadium. They were both eventually annexed to Huesca and the club took the latter's red and blue or azulgrana colors as a homage to Barcelona, pairing it with black bottoms. The Federación Aragonesa de Fútbol was created in 1922, with the only officially registered football club being Huesca. They played at La Cabanera initially before a stint at the Velódromo de la Alameda, then moving to Villa Isabel in 1926. Villa Isabel was the site of one of the most dramatic incidents in their early history, with poor refereeing in a match between Huesca and Real Zaragoza, resulting in a pitch invasion that saw the Federación Regional suspending the former for three months. This resulted in the disbandment of the squad and eventually the club, in its place coming Huesca Sports Club. They continued to play at Villa Isabel and retained the azulgrana colors, winning the Campeonato Regional de Aficionados in 1931, only to be disbanded two years later. It was Huesca Club Deportivo that came to the fore in the years after the Civil War. They finished as runners-up in the Subcampeón Regional de Aficionados in 1942 before changing their name to Unión Deportiva Huesca the following January, a name they'd retained for over a decade. They kept the azulgrana colors but traded black bottoms for blue and moved to play their football at what is now their training ground, San Jorge. After all these years of name changes, formations and disbandments, success eventually began to come. Huesca won the Campeonato Regional de Aficionados in 1943, competing in the Tercera División for seven consecutive years before earning promotion to the Segunda División for the first time in 1950. They stayed there for three seasons, finishing fifth in the first in what remained their highest position in the Spanish football pyramid until 2017. It wasn't to last. The club disappeared in 1956 after a three-year stint in the Tercera, after which came a four-year period of inactivity. That's until a like-minded group of people came together at the Flor de Huesca Bar on March 29, 1960. Led by Patricio Funes, who'd become their first president, they founded Sociedad Deportiva Huesca, the organization that has endured to this day. The S de Huesca that we now know and love debuted in 1960, competing in the Categoría Regional. They soon ascended to the Tercera, where they remained for a dozen seasons. El Alcoraz, the stadium they still call home today, was built in 1972 under the close supervision of then-president José María Moore. It was a project funded by the sale of their top scorer, Enrique Porta, to Granada. Huesca suffered relegation to the Primera Regional in 1973, only to bounce back the next year after becoming campeón de España de aficionados. They spent the next four seasons in the Tercera, until a reorganization of the Spanish football pyramid saw them open the 1977-78 campaign in the newly formed Segunda División B. 
They played seven years there before returning to the Tercera, now the fourth year in 1984. That relegation coincided with a moment of real crisis at the club. Huesca's debts had amounted to 300,000 euros and former president Moore put together a managing board to save the club. El Alcorat ground was put up for sale, but creative work by the club's socios ensured the club didn't lose ownership of it. On the pitch, Huesca maintained their tercera status for the next six years, competing for promotion in 1985 and 1986 only to fall at the final hurdle to Burgos and Mas Palomas. Huesca won the tercera outright in 1990, returning to the Segunda B. They only stayed there for two seasons, however, before going back down in 1992. That's when Javier Tebas, now the president of La Liga, took charge at the club. Although Tebas was born in Costa Rica, his family were from the area around Huesca and he took over and improved a lot of the club's working structures. Promotion was their ambition, something they finally achieved in 1995, only to suffer another relegation two years later. Tebas resigned that year, with several players also leaving the club. Huesca entered a period of economic and institutional instability and didn't even have a precedent for the rest of 1997 or the entirety of the 1997-98 season. They only had a managing board, which, as you can imagine, was far from ideal. They came close to falling as low as the Categoría Regional, only retaining their place in the Tercera courtesy of a final day of the season victory over SD Egea. By the dawn of the new millennium, however, the club began to recover economically and could refocus on chasing promotion. So, there have been lots of name changes and lots of versions of Huesca coming and going, but it has been SD Huesca throughout the 21st century, and we're going to hear about their modern history now. Roman de Arquer is coming up to tell the next part of the story. Sociedad Deportiva Huesca's fortune would change radically in the 21st century, with their best years yet to come. And it all started on the 11th of June 2006. It was in the second leg of the relegation playoff against Castillo Club de Fútbol from Las Palmas. After Huesca had finished 16th in their Segunda B group, they were now fighting for survival to avoid dropping down to the Spanish 4th tier. And they had one last opportunity after drawing Nuno home. By the ninth minute of that game, they were already down by one in the scoreline and under a lot of pressure. But a goal from Cestelo in the 64th minute made it 1-1 and gave them an away goal advantage that would prove to be crucial for their future aspirations and to avoid returning to the dreaded fourth tier they'd escaped from two years back. That result not only meant that they would never return to a lower division ever since, but it also motivated a change for the best in the club, especially thanks to their former player José Antonio Martín, better known as Petón, who took charge with Armando Borraz to lead a revolution at the club, not only by modernizing it, but also by radically renewing the squad. And it paid off immediately, with Huesca finishing second in their Segunda B group in the 2006-2007 season. They then beat Palencia in the playoff promotion semi-finals, but were outplayed by Córdoba in the final with a 3-1 aggregate score after two legs. Their first promotion to Segunda División as Sociedad Deportiva Huesca would have to wait. But not for long, given that the following season they once again qualified for the promotion playoffs after another second place and this time seeing it through right until the end. Huesca would then stabilize themselves as a mid-table team in Segunda, 
finishing in a great 11th position in their debut season. That would actually be their best finish from 2008 until 2013 when they would get relegated back to Segunda B after hiring four different coaches and missing out on a last chance of salvation. Four days before the final match day, La Liga announced that Guadalajara would be demoted despite having avoided the relegation zone because of irregularities related to the club's increase in capital. This gave renewed hope to Murcia, Racing de Santander and especially Huesca who was ahead in the standings. But a 0-0 draw against Recreativo de Huelva allowed Murcia to make the most of their win over Las Palmas and remain in segunda. But Huesca would bounce back stronger and pretty soon actually. In 2015, two years after, they won their group league in Segunda B. Although they missed out on their first chance of going up during the promotion phase after losing to Nastic de Tarragona 3-1 on aggregate. But they got a second opportunity through the playoffs and this time they didn't deceive after cruising past Racing de Ferrol and then defeating Huracán Valencia Club de Fútbol. They were now back in Segunda and they would make the most of it. Their first season wasn't a blast, but their second season took them to the playoffs with a chance of making it to La Liga. Although it wouldn't be their time just yet, after Getafe eliminated them from the promotion playoff semi-finals. Huesca would not be discouraged by the result and would return even stronger for the 2017-2018 campaign after hiring Rubí as their new manager. A phenomenal second position was achieved which guaranteed direct promotion to La Liga for the first time ever. Huesca's dream had finally come true and it was well deserved. And what a start they would have in Spain's top division with a 2-1 way win over Eibar and their first three points in La Liga. This was then followed by another great away result, a 2-2 draw against an historic first division club such as Athletic Club. But then came a reality check for Huesca, when they visited the Camp Nou in the third match day. Despite scoring first, they were swept away by Barca, losing 8-2. This remains up until now as the biggest defeat in their history. Such was the blow that from there on, Huesca would not win in any of the following 14 games. An extremely poor streak that ultimately limited their chances of survival in La Liga, despite an improvement in the second half of the competition. But it was too late. If there's something we've learned from Huesca's recent history, is that they don't tend to give up. And for that reason, they were convinced that they could make it back up. And they did not disappoint. The following season in Segunda, the club signed up to 21 new players to fight for promotion and not only did they achieve their objective with Michel Sanchez on the bench, but they also won the league title for the first time after overtaking Cadiz in the last match day. Glorious days which Huesca hoped to build on to keep growing at a fast pace and to establish themselves in the Spanish top tier. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It really has been a wild few years for the club and overall they're making progress. I think the key pattern of Huesca's modern history is that there's often steps backwards, but they're usually then followed by two steps forward. So Overall, their current standing is the best they've ever seen. They've done a lot of work off the pitch as well to improve the club's facilities and structures, so the future, I think, does look bright for Huesca. But let's look back to the past again for our next segment, as we hear about some of the legends who have shaped the club. We've got Alan Feely coming up as he selects three all-time SD Huesca icons. Let's find out then who Alan has chosen. Sociedad Deportiva Huesca are living the best moment of their history right now. But that doesn't mean the culture of the club doesn't run deep. Everything's relative. And Aragon's representative to Spanish football has had some talented players throughout their history. Some of these men have worn their colours, as well as the hopes and dreams of their supporters, with distinction. Three of the biggest legends to have ever represented the club are Jose Antonio Palacino, Roberto Garcia and Juanjo Camacho. Palacino was born in Badajoz in 1951 and is rightfully recognised as one of the greatest players who ever played for Huesca. His first club was Badajoz, from whom he joined Mole. He then spent time at Mestalla before finding his way to Huesca at the age of 20. He was quite simply a predator in the area, feared by every defence he came up against, and prided himself in dismantling opposition systems by battling with individual players. He scored 55 goals in all competitions for Huesca in the 1973-74 campaign, when they won the Campeonato de Aficionados. In total, he scored 114 goals for the club, a feat nobody has matched before or since. Roberto is best known for scoring the goal against Asija that earned Huesca promotion to the Segunda back in 2008. He was a key figure throughout that campaign, and is still active today despite being 41 years of age. He plays for Union Adarbe his 14th club in a long and well-travelled career. The centre-forward who came through the youth system at Real Madrid enjoyed three spells with Huesca. He played at Alcaraz between 2004 and 2005, 2006 and 2009, and 2010 and 2012. Roberto has spent the majority of his career between the Segunda B and the Segunda, but has also spent three seasons in the Cypriot First Division. Camacho is, in the eyes of many Huesca supporters, the man. Born in Valencia on August 2nd, 1980, the midfielder came through the youth system as Zira Zaragoza. He debuted with their B team before graduating to their first team, then bouncing around Spain on a series of loan spells either side of a stint in Scotland with Livingston. He joined Huesca in 2006, only to leave for Vicendario the next season, but returned to El Alcaraz in 2008. 
He remained in Aragon for the remainder of his career, until he hung up his boots in 2019. Camacho ended up playing over 400 games for the club and scoring almost 100 goals, and is still involved behind the scenes. He was a key part of the Huesca side that earned promotion to the Primera and for the first time in their history. I think it's time now to bring up the Huesca fans and to discuss what the atmosphere is like at El Alcaraz. It's a small stadium in relative terms with a capacity of just under 8,000, and if you've seen it on TV then you'll have seen how it's on the outskirts of town overlooking a lot of beautiful scenery. Christian Serrano is there every week for Aragon Deporte and Marca and he joins us now to explain what a match day and a match week is like in Huesca. Here's Christian now. Life on a match day in Huesca has changed a lot in recent years. For example, 15 years ago there were only three or four hundred fans at the stadium since the club was promoted first to the second division and then to the first division, Huesca's matches have become the most important event of the day and of the weekend. Now more than 6,000 people go, go to, to the stadium. Um, in addition, a very nice thing is that it is no longer only a matter of the city, but also of the world region. Huesca has uh, managed to win the hearts of many people. Um, in a match day, it's very common to see the restaurants full. In the city, also many businesses have the Huesca flag during the whole week. And inside the Alcoraz, the atmosphere is very special because Alcoraz is small and the closing is between the fan and the player is total. Uh, one more thing I would like to, to talk about is that in, in Aragon there is a mother tongue and the club's motto also comes from it. Fieles siempre sin reblar. It is a sentence that even new players and coaches use regularly. It means that the fan and the player will never give up. They will never stop cheering. Thanks for that, Christian. It was really cool to hear what life is like in Huesca when it comes to football and how the club has grown so much over recent years. It's undeniable and it's a fact that Huesca is one of the smallest clubs in La Liga, but they do still get a good home crowd considering it's a city of just over 50,000 people. So, this then has been the story of Huesca. I want to thank everybody who's contributed to this episode. That's Paco Pollitt, Roman de Arquer, Alan Feely and Christian Serrano. I've been your host, Jim McTeer, and we are La Liga Lowdown. You can find us online and on social media with a quick search in your favourite search engine. For now, thanks for listening to this episode, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, 
and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.